What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the All-Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I'm your host, Jonathan Cote, and joining us on the panel tonight are... Kayla Miller. Roger, man. Johnny Morales. Producing, as always, is Matt Lubick. Say hi, Matt. You don't need to speed through that first part. <laughs> I know. I'm Like I said, I, it's just how I am right now. I'm running on coffee and no sleep. So. Just say hi, Matt. Also, uh, yeah, go ahead, Matt. Hi. <laughs> Such enthusiasm. Uh, just as a reminder to all of our listeners, if you want to get on Patreon for as little as a dollar, you get the episode the night we record it. Correct, Matt? That's right. Yeah. Dollar uh, pledge. Dollar, yep. Dollar like two, three days early. So 25 if, cents an episode. If this is your first time listening to us, we are a review slash spoiler podcast. We typically review a DC book, a Marvel book, and an indie book of some sort each week. Uh, so there might be some spoilers. It all depends on our mood. Be aware of that. We try to give you enough time. I usually don't because it's me. Uh, we will review a graphic novel. That usually tends to be whatever we think is good and feels like we never really stick to any like one publisher for that we always rotate that out we've been doing a lot of dc lately though hence tonight yeah 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 <laughs> we have <laughs> but i'm not complaining because i love it we also do a lot of indie books too probably more indie books than anything else yeah it's dc indie marvel yeah for the trade but uh we will uh We'll hit you with some news in a second here. We'll answer some questions, and we will play some trivia at the end and give away some books. So without further ado, Johnny. first really good, Matt. Yeah, thank you. Our first bit of news is uh, X-Men Red adds new, in, uh, new interior artists in issue number six, um, and that is Carmen Carnero uh, will be joining Tom Taylor. Um, after like the first arc, which I believe was what Mamura, right. which is sad because I like Mamura's rock. Right, uh, Carmen Carnero did uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man, Cyclops, and The Punisher. Uh, and uh, fun fact, she's the first woman to ever draw uh, The Punisher. So pretty Wait. cool. Uh, next bit bit of news: uh, Jeff Lemire takes over Hit Girl from Millar um, with issue number five. Uh, and what else does he mean? Uh, I was just about to say, does that man sleep? Right. Um, and and he has a family. <laughs> like, how? That uh, issue comes out June 20th, and it's Jeff Lemire and Eduardo Risso on art. And the last bit of news that we have this week is Comixology Originals moves into creator-owned comics. Uh, ads print option. Basically, this is Comixology self-publishing, <laughs> becoming a publisher in the comics industry but just digitally right um so no they just they just announced today friday uh, june 1st that um they are while they are releasing them digitally uh first um they are releasing trades afterwards um i think exclusively sold on amazon this could go really bad or really good they actually got quite a a bit of um talented writers and artists uh, behind the project richard starkings (laughs) <laughs> I wish we had a video podcast sometimes because <laughs> that look was perfect. Well, no, his, look, I mean, his his Elephant Man series is is Elephant really Man's good. Coming back. Elephant, it's coming El- back. Yeah, Elephant Man is as is a comicology really original. But yeah, is Moritat on it or whoever it was the main guy that who's the big artist that was with it? Was it Moritat? I don't. Think it was him, so but it's um. Let's see. 
There was some. I know he had several artists, but there was one that he did more than worked with more than others. Uh, artists Axel Medellin and no. Boo Cook. Boo Cook, I think, was the one I'm thinking of. And it, mm. the title is called Elephant is Elephant it Men. Cook? Uh, it's B O O. I have to say Boo. Oh, whatever. Just keep going. So Elephant Men. I always thought it was Bo. Twenty two sixty one. The death of Shorty. And that's Comicsology original, uh, exclusive until it comes out in trades. Oh my god. Yeah, and they're actually the the hard copy um, material that you would buy is print on demand. Really? So okay. basically, they're not they're not um, stocking an inventory of their books. It would be anytime somebody orders it, it. So it's like you know, if you print a, a, or their sell copy music gets on printed Amazon. off, yeah. Or or do DVDs or whatever through Amazon. They wait until you order it, print it, and then send it to you with the art and stuff that they want. Right. On right. Package. Yeah. Right. This is um pretty big news because you don't really see like these types of companies, especially the the ones that uh, distribute things. Like you don't really see Diamond getting into publishing or at least it yeah, working but out. How great was um the Comicsology pull service, Roger? Yeah, well, it sucked. Right, but the Comicsology app. Is but they didn't. But good. they didn't support it. Right. I mean, it was you know they're supporting uh, a rival industry so, through through that. So true. And, and they decided that it it you know it wasn't worth their time or business model to do that. So this might be good. This they're going to put money into. Yeah. This might be good for creators. It may not be so great for comic shops because. Uh, I believe that these, uh, the at least the digital ones, are exclusive to Amazon. Yeah. Um, so while it they're removing um, a lot of uh, costs by not printing them out like single issues for comic shops, they're you know they're kind of taking away revenue from comic shops as well. Also, I mean, if you look if you look to the future of the industry, if you know, I mean, there's in in the process of printing and distributing comics is pretty high. Mm -hmm. And if comiXology proves that this is um, a much more viable business model going forward, how much more original content from the big two are you going to see? And do they do print on demand for all, you know, all of their graphic novels? I mean, how much, how much is this going to revolutionize the industry? And potentially cause the death of the LCS in the process. Right. Um, the uh, other thing is, like, they have, like, six or seven titles that, uh, you know, are already ready to print. I believe they're already finished. Uh, they also have uh, Marvel backing them with Avengers Back to Basics and Valiant with Valiant High. Uh, and also another thing is that if you're a Prime member or, like, Comixology Unlimited, you get these books for free. Well, not just a Prime member. I think that there's a difference there. I think that you have to be like a Kindle Prime member or Prime Reading or something like that. So it's all are available now uh, and free to read for members of Amazon Prime, Kindle Unlimited, and Comixology Unlimited. So those three services. Okay. Yeah, and some of them will be blasted. Some of them will be, you know, they'll come out with, you know, like all five issues I can't. at once, and some of them will be periodic. I can't get, I mean, I'm sure some of them are going to be good and worth reading, but I can't fully get behind not coming to a shop. And that may be just because I'm old school 
or whatever because half the experience of reading comics is talking to the people in the shop about the comics and where are you going to have that water cooler moment if you're just buying stuff from Amazon? Yeah. You're just going to do it at work on your break instead of coming to like a localized area? I mean, I, I agree a hundred percent to me. That's, that's a large chunk of what I love. I mean, I've said several times, that's what I love about your shop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that's what I love about this shop as well is like, you can just come in and talk, uh, you know, to other people like, Hey, what books are good? You I know? mean, how often, was I here on my breaks the when I was working across the street? Probably, yeah. Probably to the point of where I should have been kicked out. But the thing is, <laughs> like, but I always came by just well, to see Roger and, and to see whoever was in the shop. The, the problem is if, if, is if the industry continues to move towards this model, which it seemingly is doing, uh, being increasingly digital. I mean, there's more people taking advantage of it. I'm going to need at least eight taps. To to make profit, right? <laughs> so to give people a place where they can talk about these stories, <laughs> because you're not going to be able to do it on, yeah. you know, paper sales alone. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's it won't be viable. It it's it sucks because uh, these communities with these comic shops is is great, but for every good community, you also have uh, comic shops that give uh, you know the the industry a bad stigma and stuff like that. And I think that's what pushed people towards you know buying online and not interacting with people which sucks because like honestly uh it, it's there's no better feeling than going into a comic shop and talking to someone about a book you love and they also which is funny because bases followed me on instagram <laughs> when today <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny i, well, yeah, I wonder new, if they, i they wonder a brand if, new page if they're uh pulling the versus model and following all of our followers followers yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it, it sucks because like yeah i went to a, a different funny. comic shop the first time and i nope and johnny. i <laughs> stop i don't want to know this. it's national donut day and, everybody and I, I brought donuts and johnny's refusing to eat I more donuts ate one and it effed me up um <laughs> wow <laughs> no um like like the thing is like if i wasn't so obsessive the the, the people across the street would have pushed me away from comics and i would have read everything digitally you know, it's it's it it sucks that there's uh, places that are like this, but I think I don't know. Something needs to be done to like reverse the stigma of like comic shops. Yeah, well, no, I, th I think that comic shops just need to uh, adapt if yeah. if they're gonna. Um, because I honestly, it's hard for me to imagine that the the printed graphic novel will go by the wayside. I think that you know, it's just book market. You yeah. know, whether or not. Um, you know, the, the individual comics are still a thing. Um, I think that the, the graphic novels will certainly always be around. I think comics will hold out for a long time just because of the collectible nature of them. But, um, it, it, it goes without saying that comic shops will have to adapt. Either they'll become gaming stores or they'll become something different in order to compete with, uh, Increased digital sales. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. All right, moving on. Is that it? Um, yeah. Some of uh, I just want to say some of the creators: Sam Humphreys, Tim Seeley, uh, Magdalene Visaggio. You oh, know, lovely. Yeah. That <laughs> Tim Seeley, he's a real winner. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I forgot you don't like him. He needs to learn how to write Dick Grayson, um, <laughs> and other good things. Anyway, um. Do we have questions? Uh, not on the email. 
No email questions? Mm-mm. I am very disappointed this week, listeners. No, but we did have a great email from Clay. Right, yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> I do have a question. It's not so much as a question, me. but uh, <laughs> I think he was saying that, Johnny, that you needed to uh, watch Dukes of Hazard. Right, yeah. Uh, Johnny really does need to watch the Dukes of Hazard. It's an exact representation of living in North Carolina, and <laughs> and it's what Bryce and I do most weekends. And that, yeah, Clay, that makes me a little jealous. Oh man, to, I want to go visit you guys so bad. Like, I want to take the show on the road for to one get out, week. get out on those on those dirt roads, yeah. those back dirt roads. Clay, your your Photoshop skills are are a one, oh, my dude. God. Yeah. That's so amazing. Because I, I, yeah, me, 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 and Clay is uh, Bo and Luke and and uh, Bryce. You look good in Daisy Dukes, dude. <laughs> 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 so I appreciate that. That made my week. All right, I got a, I got a question from Tom. Uh, this is, a, this is an interesting one because he, I'll just ask the question. I'll kind of explain. Uh, a little bit, but uh, he says, my question this week is, does anybody have any experience with Instagram raffles? And also, what do you think of the idea of raffling for big, expensive books getting so popular? Apparently, he won some pretty top-tier collectible books. Really? Nice. Instagram raffles. Nice. Which he only spent, like, I think a total of $10 on, if I'm not mistaken. Or it was something minuscule compared to what he got. Right, and he's like, "Hey, have you guys ever thought about doing this or whatever?" Yeah, for ten bucks, you got a ninety-eight graded or a nine point eight graded CGC. Uh, um, what was the book? Oh, where was it? It's somewhere in the conversation here. Can't find it right now. <clears throat> but yeah, um, I used to see these see if I can't find a it. lot mm-hmm. uh, about a year ago, a year and a half ago. Like a lot of the big comic instagrams you know that posted like collectibles and stuff started doing this like oh there's a 50 entry minimum uh ten dollars a piece you know so they get their 500 bucks or whatever um for the book uh but but you have a chance of winning this book for ten dollars yeah but what happens if they get if they get 40 entries at ten dollars a piece do they reimburse the, the money right yeah yeah okay just um, venmo Right, yeah, but uh, I think it was like PayPal most of the time. Um, But how could I have no idea how this thing worked? Okay, Um, I think like they got the names of like if you wanted in beforehand before they send in the payment, Um, something like that. I don't know, but uh, usually what I saw on Instagram is a lot of people uh, running away with the money. Or New Mutants first appearance of Deadpool. Nice. New Ooh. Mutants uh, 98. New Mutants 98. Nice. Yeah. First appearance like. of Domino. I was uh yeah, <laughs> I was curious cuz we bucks. read <laughs> we read Domino. I was like, "Hmm, I think I want to own the first appearance of Domino." Little did I know that it was also the first appearance of Deadpool. So <laughs> that's what he got. That's so really sweet. That's killer. Yeah. Congrats, Tom. Um, that's really cool that you won one. Uh, like like I said, some of the ones that I saw. Did he say he already got it? Yeah. He, that was a picture of him holding it. Sweet. Oh, okay. okay. Nice. That's pretty cool. Um, because, like, yeah, some of the ones that I saw, like, did either, like, run, ran away with the money or they gave the winnings to someone they knew so they can get the book back and split the money or some, you know, nefarious things like that. Huh. Um, but I'm glad you found a, uh, an honest one because that's really cool. Yeah. That's, a, um, there that's are, actually a pretty sweet score. Yeah, there are some uh, like legit ones. They have like a 
uh, on Instagram, they have a comics community where they... Why am I not surprised that you know all about this? When he started telling me about this, I was like, I've never heard of this ever before. <laughs> and then, like, you're, like, going off on this, and yeah. I'm like... Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I've seen it, but okay. uh, but I I just yeah. you know I always question the validity how, of it. Yeah, yeah. The, the comics community. Tom, you're a bit of a gambler, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, the community on Instagram is actually pretty like tight uh, knit, and they know like, hey, this guy's good. Like, go follow his raft. Or like, hey, this is another new account made by the same guy that you know uh, ran out with the other money. Because what I what I would do, and this would be to support you know the shop and. Um, our artists, I would, I would do the original art pieces that we cool. get That'd from cool. our local guys, whether it be Chris or Ray or Brian or Chris or Dave. Uh, he's been or, posting some freaking, you know, yeah. he does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I may have lately. to do that. Yeah. No, that that's really cool. And I think there like, you go, Tom. You just inspired something. Yeah, with with us like constantly giving books away every week, I'm pretty sure we're trusted to give you know some art pieces. No, they that'd might be, that'd be, be really cool. They might not trust Roger at first because they'd be like, it's been like two, three weeks and I haven't gotten it yet. And then he'd be like, oh, right, he forgot to ship it. I'm <laughs> close to being caught up. Uh, it's not a big batch. I think, well, it actually saved me a lot of money because I didn't realize Sean Levesque had won like three times. And he's up in Canada. And it, I think shipping was only like 20 bucks for, for all three wins. Whereas it would have been like 15 for one. So... Yeah. Nice. That made me happy. Yeah. Um, I think but you yeah, gotta... we're we're pretty close to being caught up. So you just gotta win two to three times before he'll ship it to you. Right. <laughs> Which is well, incentive to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Nelson... the last month is it was kind of messed up. Yeah. Nelson Carvalho made a comment uh on you know the email saying like a... oh, there's no complaints about how long it took. It's free and you're still faster than in stock trades. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know those guys. Yeah. They suck. <laughs> kind of, yeah. All right. So All right. thanks, Tom. Uh so that was the only other question we got. We'll we'll move on to the reviews. So this week uh we are reviewing from DC. First issue of the weekly miniseries The Man of Steel by Brian Michael Bendis and Ivan Reyes. Who was that? Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> Um, Isn't it Sir Brian Michael Bendis? Stop Mendes? it. No. <laughs> That's too much credit right there. He's no sir. I think he's knighted already. No, he w- in his mind he is. Right. <laughs> Freaking riding in on the white stallion thinking he's saving the day. Um, he's riding the pale horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was actually a good reference for once, Johnny. Oh, thank you. Um, I was not sure what to think. Coming into this book, I mean, I, if you've listened to this show in the past, you know my feelings of Brian Michael Bendis, and you know my feelings on how much I love Superman, and you know how much I've dreaded these two things coming together. Um, <laughs> simply, simply because of how great Tomasi and Gleason's run on Superman was, um, and I didn't want him to mess that up because that that seriously is a run that's near and dear to my heart. Um. And based off of the the two, I guess, little teasers, the 10-page story from Action 1000 and then the little DC Nation Zero short, I was kind of like, uh, this doesn't feel like what Tomasi and Gleason's run was giving me. Mm-hmm. 
this is intriguing. I read this and I'm I'm hooked. I'm definitely on board for. I mean, like I wasn't gonna read something with Superman's <laughs> symbol on it, but I w- it was gonna be one of those like, how much am I gonna have to grip my teeth and you know kind of bear it as I get through it or not? And this was actually pretty intriguing. Um, Bendis is doing something that is um, kind of I for for lack of a better word right now clever. Um, especially after me and Roger talked, there was some stuff that even I missed, and I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. That's kind of cool. Um, but first of all, I'll say there's a couple of double-page spreads here uh, by Ivan Reese or Reyes um, that are awesome. So early in the beginning here, you got a big double splash of soups carrying off some criminals, and it looks amazing. And um, Ivan Reyes kills it. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed the the art on this on this particular issue, and I think that helped kind of sell it a little bit more. It being the first full issue by Brian Bendis. Um, that being said, the the villain I'm still I I still hate the villain's name, <laughs> Rogal Zal or something. Rogal Zar. Oh, Zar. <laughs> like it's just that's a '90s Bendis name or an early 2000s Bendis name. Like I just. But the thing that – do you want to chime in on this since you were the one that pointed it out to me? Oh, There's well. some interesting dialogue at the beginning. There's a, essentially, the, the whole story of this, this issue is Superman goes to save uh, people from this burning hotel building after he stops uh, some Gotham villains, Killer Moth and Firefly, that have come to um, Metropolis from Gotham because those are actually Batman villains. And so he's flying off, taking them back to – um, you know, jail or whatever. And um, there's been a bunch of arson type stuff in Metropolis. And so he goes to save this hotel. And after he saves the people in this burning hotel, there's some dialogue that he hears. And, it, and it's as if he's kind of keying into it with his super hearing. But then at the end. It's the same dialogue. It's the same dialogue. Oh, Do I we want to spoil that. that? Like what that frame is, or should we just yeah. kind of leave that as no, a it's, hook? Uh, I mean, it's fine because I actually think. I mean, I think it's a hook, and I think that whether you you know it's coming or or don't, it it I think it's going to have the the same effect on the reader. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, you know, I think enough people might miss it that. Um, maybe it's worth pointing out to him so that they can see it. But when, when he's in this burnout building, basically using his x-ray vision to look around, he hears the, he hears this conversation, uh, and it's, uh, something, I mean, you, I don't have the page. So, I'm finding it. Dad, um, what is that? Clark. Right. Uh, dad, what is that? And then... Yeah. It turns out and then that at the it's end his of the book, own conversation right. that Lois and his son John are asking. So he's actually, you know, it, it, there's only a couple of possibilities here. One, Superman is in two places uh, at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, hearing this conversation. Or he's hearing a conversation that takes place in the future while he's in that building. So there would be some kind of temporal anomaly Within the building, and now the whole thing with the fire captain was a little weird. Yeah, you know, yeah, that was the one thing that kind hot of, redhead, taller than Wonder Woman. <laughs> you know, I was like Bendis, you better not be trying to plant any seeds yeah. of like, you know. But this this whole thing with with <laughs> the end and and it, on the last page, it's almost you know, it's almost like there's this bright light washing out 
Superman and Lois and John. It's like yeah. what you know. Another what's, crisis. What's going on here? Um, that that was the main thing in this book that made me decide I'm gonna see this story through to its conclusion yeah. because that was like a little extra like thing that they threw into this because the the predominant story is this this alien of some sort named Rogal Zar that wants to destroy Krypton and he apparently needs to be given permission to destroy Krypton because of you know by like these universal elders including yeah. uh, one of the, the guardians. guardians from Green Lanterns yeah. yeah so there's some they're tying some nice little stuff in there but he hates Krypton. He hate, He thinks they're advancing too fast. Uh, this this villain Rogalzar, and he wants to put a stop to it. He he thinks that they're just gonna like choke out the rest of the world and right, almost like they're know. they're cockroaches that'll just keep yeah. spreading and destroying. And so, uh, um, the, nice little touches was he mentions Zarnia and um, not Zarnia. I have yeah, no that is idea. The, Zarnia. Isn't that Lobo's homeworld? Mm. Am I mispronouncing that? X A R N I A, right? Yeah, pretty sure. Anyway, I'm having a moment. I don't know, dude. Yeah, I know you don't know. And then um, another world that was like a uh, a nice little throwback, stuff, but I can't find where in the because now I'm questioning everything. Yeah, Zarnia and the Dominion, so the Dominators. So I mean he's he's throwing in some in some little nerdy, you know, bones there for for those of us that, you know, those could just be throwaway worlds for people like Johnny. But um <laughs> yeah, they, they were they were. I was like, "Oh, okay. So back, you know, way back a millennia ago, like Zarnia and the Dominion weren't, you know, apparently that great." Um at least according to this or whatnot. So um there are some nice little touches there, but I you know, this being the pr- the main story, it's a little like meh. But with the whole temporal anomaly, or you know, him being in two places at once, whatever that is, that definitely is a hook for me too. Yeah, yeah. So I have I have one issue with okay. this, and again, it's it's it's, it's early on, and I want to you know I'm gonna I'm gonna give Bendis a lot of time when. When I read this story, this felt like Superman from the 80s. You know, I mean, it kind of, it, it felt like an, and and maybe it was the red trunks, maybe, you know, I don't know, but it, it had a different feel for it. And I think that, um, who was it? Uh, was it Byrne who had the classic run? Mm -hmm. And I, I think, uh, um, I think Bendis said that he was, he he was basically modeling his superman after after burns superman right mm-hmm. um or was it ordway and, huh gary ordway might have been that it was burn or ordway one of the two i think it might have been burn i think it was burn yeah. but anyway it felt like an older superman and in you know it was very hard for me not to compare this book to uh the rebirth run by um Tomasi and, and Gleason because what the most the most notable thing about the superman in the rebirth run was he was he was really a new character a different 
character, you know, a modernized Superman. He had, he, you know, his his greatest strength really kind of came through as a father and a husband, mm-hmm. you know, and he was very much um, uh, a family man. And that, I mean, that was such a, a dominant trait it, throughout that series. It, they made Superman the heart of the DC universe again, because that was what that whole book was. Yeah. And reading this book, look, I was, I was glad to see Lois and John in the book. Okay. But Superman still felt like it, you know, it almost felt like they were ancillary, you know, or mm-hmm. ad hoc characters. Like they were, they were there, yeah, but they not, were there, but, but not, you know, present. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'll see with whatever happened on this last page. I'm like, well, that involved Lois and John and Clark. And I'm like, I, well, I'm wondering if, if all of this is really intentional and how is this going to play out? Because that's going to, that's going to have the biggest impact on how I feel about this series. Is there a reason that you, you feel these things or is Bendis, just writing a Superman how he remembered it when the last Superman book he read was in 1984. Yeah. You know, and that's how he remembers Superman. Um, I don't know. I want to give him a lot of credit. He's, he's an accomplished writer um, and, and has the capacity to write great books. And this, this was a great start. I mean, I really do. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it, I mean, it, it exceeded my expectations. He's got a, who's I have issues coming up through this yeah. next mm-hmm. month. Um, let's not forget because Ivan Reyes did a great job on. Yeah, I have issues, but he did. He, he did hook me. And I, for me, um, at the end of the day, it's four stars. Cool. This book did not interest me very much at all. It, if it weren't for that hook at the end and the light and all that, I probably wouldn't have bothered picking up the next one. It just, I don't know. I read through the other books and I was super into them. And I read through this one and I was just like, okay, it was a it was mm. a book, and maybe it is the other Superman books that I've been reading before this with Tomasi and all that that I've been super into and in love with. But they were so good. I don't know, hasn't done it for me yet, but I'm gonna give it. It's one I'm issue. Gonna keep going. It's only one issue. I'll read the next one as long as I don't get rid of Jonathan and Lois. I'm fine. Well, what would you rate it? It's still a solid book. So like two and a half, three stars. Uh, I really like this book. Um, every time he went in to save the day, I heard the Superman theme. Dun, 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 dun. Um, anyway, um, and I think that's what—that's all I want from a Superman book is like just to get at least the general vibe that it's Superman. Uh, I didn't really care about the ending. It's interesting, but you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe I might care once uh, issue two reveals like what it is. Um, but I just like. That. If it does, I mean, you right. might not get that reveal until issue six and uh, go, hey, remember way four, back in. Five. I think it's five, five. isn't it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Because next issue is Doc Shaner. Ooh. After that, it's an, it's an artist he's worked with, I think, at Marvel. Then I don't remember who four is. And then Jason Fabok is issue five. Nice. <laughs> Which, if you didn't notice, Jason <laughs> Fabok did the final two pages of this one. I, uh, yeah. I He's do. doing the final two pages in all the books. So whatever this is, it's going to lead up to whatever oh, his issue right. is. Okay, cool. Which I couldn't think of a so better way. So you're not going to find out until issue cre- five. Probably. Crescendo into like whatever his issue is because that's, oh my God, an entire Superman issue of Fabok. Give it to me now. <laughs> I, I feel like he 
generally does understand what like Superman is supposed to be. Like him taking the time to write uh, Superman stopping for the little girl and, you know, showing off like this little cool trick that would make her at ease or something like that. Um, it's just, I think that's how Superman. That was should... actually a great moment. That was right. a yeah. moment. That, yeah. you know, holy, you know, language, please. <laughs> uh, sorry. Like, it, it's just I have to like give him some credit. That was pretty good. Yeah, it, it feels like maybe uh, in the action comics and DC Nation, it didn't feel like Superman was there, but like this one kind of does feel. Um, I give it a four and a half. I really enjoyed nice. it. I actually, um, I give this one a four and a half. Also, um, I've been like like anybody that's been listening to the show for a while. <laughs> I've been very, 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 very critical and trepidatious of this. At like twenty varies. And yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, th- there's no exaggeration to that. Yeah. Like I, you know, I I did not know what to think when you know I I've talked the amount of smack that I have about Bendis, and then he gets thrown on Superman. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, nobody did, but like, especially yeah. not you, because this is your dude. Yeah. You know, would I still have wished that they got Jonathan Hickman over at DC instead of Bendis? <laughs> Absolutely. They don't have enough money anymore. Um, yeah, <laughs> Bendis. Cutting those checks. Um, I could say some other stuff, but I won't. Um, <laughs> All right, yeah, let's just talk about the positivity. But uh, so far, I'm hooked. Uh, like I said, this Little Man of Steel miniseries has got a who's who of artists, so at least they're going to be pretty. If nothing else, I'll just block out the words and then make my own story to go with the <laughs> pictures um, that make more sense. Who knows? I don't know. I'm hooked. Uh, like like I, I, and I air quotes hooked, you know, like I wasn't going to read it all the way through. Right. Um, anyway, it's it's my dude. So I had to. So uh, four and a half for me also. So we'll see. We'll let you guys know what I think about nice. the other ones. Sweet. All right. Uh, who is it? Johnny? No. No. Roger. Indie. Vampironica. Vampironica number two by Greg and Meg Smallwood. <laughs> Meg and Greg. Greg and Meg. Awesome. I never caught that before when yeah. we did the first issue. I think they're siblings. Are they siblings? I think so. Look that mm-hmm. up, Johnny. No, I'm pretty sure they're husband and wife. Maybe. If they're husband and wife, that name combo worked out so great. Right. Meg Greg. Yeah. Megan and Gregory. Okay, so in this issue, uh the <laughs> The freshly bitten Vampironica makes her way. Brother and sister team. Sorry. Brother, oh, okay. Thank you. Wow, so mom and dad are just clever. <laughs> well, they might be from West Virginia. Jeez. Oh, my God. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I can't help myself. Oh, <laughs> no. I apologize to all of our West Virginia <laughs> listeners. They, they could have been from the AV. <laughs> so, the worst. Um, oh. That's here. That's that's where we dwell. <laughs> Um, okay, so, uh, but uh, Vampir- Veronica makes her way to, you know, the high school, breaks in, bunkers down in, I don't know, some some closet uh, where uh, Dilton finds mm-hmm. her. What a name. Uh, yeah, the, the, the resident Riverdale nerd right. um, who quickly surmises that she is a vampire, straps her to the table, and... Um, basically, uh, goes about, um, researching how to help her and in, I I don't know, in Riverdale lore, there's actually a way to cure a vampire. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's Um, just vampire lore. And so that's, is it? It's just straight up vampire lore? It varies from, from, 
uh, world to world. I'll say yeah. Okay. Actually, so there's a type yeah. of vampire that yeah, you can stay. Typically, if you get the the big Mac Daddy, it yeah. does cle- clear up the, the vampirism. The Romani okay. lore that he went into is actually pretty legit. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but then we find out that Reggie's also been bitten, so now there's competition for resources or meat. Yeah. Um, or I, you hey, know, possibly someone she can team up with. Uh, no, she's got to. Yeah. She's got to wax that. It looks That's like he's go well. he's one of the lesser vampires that Dilton uh, mentioned. mentioned because I think he was dead. Yeah, mm. he was undead. W- right. Yeah. The thing I like about this book is it's an. This is going to sound stupid the way I say it, but it's an easy read. Oh, it is. Yeah. The the Smallwoods don't overwrite and overcomplicate anything. Yeah. And I appreciate that with my schedule right now. This was such, <laughs> a, and it's it sounds like such a stupid thing to like about the book. Oh no! It's but I loved good. getting into it, and I was like, boom, boom, boom. I think boom. for the type, I understood of- the story, and I was like, sweet, I got everything I needed to out of this. I think for the type of book this is, that's kind of the writing you want. You don't want super heavy yeah. writing on Vampironica, like I mean, no. it, but it's still meaningful. Like it's yeah. a really good. No, book. it's and- good, and it, like I said, yeah. I'm not. It's not to take away from yeah. anything. It's very well yeah. done. I really. There's some people that know know how to streamline a story yeah. and mm-hmm. only write what's necessary. And then you have other writers that feel like, you know, alien yeah. toilet monsters where <laughs> they have to just clutter the the panels with words and right. whatnot. And it's just like, no. I Since think you, it, sorry. Um, it feels a little bit less cluttered because there's no internal like monologue or any or like captions. Couple, is it really? here and there? Well, I mean the little the old school clouds. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Like, that, that's what I when you say right. yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. The caption. Yeah, boxes. that's what I was talking about. Like captions. There's, there, no, there's there's some none of those. Of that. Yeah, and I think uh, since it's like it, it feels like the story is being told through the art. Uh, Greg Smallwood. Uh, is an amazing artist that can tell the story. You and know, he's through very. The, he does. He's another guy that does really great facial expressions. Right. Yep. In yeah. this issue, and yep. you look the, at the Archie, Betty, and Jughead like on the there's, purse wait, rack. There's one oh, and with the, Ronnie. the dream that she's having. Yeah. No, 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 no. There's one with Ronnie that's that I freaking loved. It slayed me when I is saw it. Is it where she was uh, breaking the chains off of the? Oh, no. <laughs> that, yeah. that expression oh, is yeah. great. That's a really good like, it, like smile. Right he there. had to like just mm-hmm. you know yeah. like <laughs> that's too perfect. I I do like the the fact that you know he does um like the the movement of the the characters just perfectly like when uh Veronica is a little embarrassed that uh Dilton's mom yeah. is making a big deal oh, she, yeah. she's it, like, he just sets her up <laughs> Come perfectly. check out Dilton's friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I-, I I do like the fact that um she's asking uh, for Dilton to release her and he's like oh you won't be like mad or anything and she just breaks and is like I promise I won't be. <laughs> and then that just look. Out of the yeah. Chain. It's I just, promise. It, it's yeah. just the smugness of it. Yeah. It, it's dark but it's also fun. I absolutely love the paneling on this book i I love the white borders like the dream sequence too like that whole page i was just like oh that's nice that's extremely that's really nice like i feel like sometimes comics can feel a little bit like cluttered with things and even like we said this one isn't like with the white borders it just makes it so nice oh yeah yeah yeah. this is really nice art like the art alone is a reason to pick up this book 
I don't know. I think you asked me this last time. Yeah, because his style, the way that this looks. It looks like it could be. It looks like yeah. maybe it's digitally colored, at least. I, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. It just, it's unique. You can always tell when it's small wood. Yeah, because he, he does have like this uh, layer of uh, grain. Yes, there's uh, a grain to right. it. Right, and I don't know if that's the coloring or if that's like his, his penciling. Uh, I can try and find out, but Either you know. Either way, it looks, it looks great because right. it's, it definitely... F- you feel like this is a small wood book in like a good way. Like, oh yeah, this looks cool. So I I really enjoy this. Uh for me, this is like a, a four and a half also. Oh, this is a five star book for me. Well, I want to read the whole thing before I get all the way because we've done the first two now, right? Yeah. 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 I'm I'm sure this will be a five star story for me. The one thing I liked about this um sure. that I think made up for the because the first issue I felt for three ninety nine it was a little light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one felt like it had a little more meat and may, yeah. maybe a couple three extra pages, I'm not sure. I read but the But it first... was a little more substantial a read, which mm-hmm. I was like, Okay, that was definitely worth three ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, I read the first issue right before <laughs> reading this one and the first issue definitely did not take as long to read as this one did which like we said this one doesn't take long to read but the first yeah one was i think like, issue one was probably yeah. a few pages light yeah it definitely is and so, the last few pages were just like all ads on the other one so sometimes. it looks like from a twitter exchange at least uh from uh the guardians of the galaxy work that he did is that he worked all digital so all digital yeah yeah okay i had a feeling that that's the case i, I don't care either way looks cool yeah, really um, nice. he's got his own. Style. Moon Knight was ninety nine percent digital. You know, it varies, but it yeah. looks like mostly he works digital. Cool. Yeah, this is this is five stars for me. It's it's all cheesecake. I love cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> it's five stars for me. I love this book. It's it's like the horror that I want. It's just like silly. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely I would read a full trade of this. So that's probably yeah. what I'm going to do with that one. I have it on my poll. So well, it's funny because it very much it very much fits with the archie universe mm-hmm. you know oh yeah i mean it's definitely it's it's so quintessentially archie but then it doesn't go too far one direction with mm-hmm. yeah, right it's not too dark you know it's, it's not still too archie. you know it doesn't take itself too seriously yeah. it's not too goofy it's just it's just this perfect balance i think yeah. and i i love it i, I really what, like it too what they're doing with it. it's fantastic and the covers the covers are amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. all oh, yeah. of the covers are amazing. I didn't even know about that cover until like you brought it in tonight. And I was like, dang. So. Did you grade it, uh, Kayla? Yeah, five stars. Oh, okay, sweet. All right. Johnny. Yep. Talk about the big fat book this the week. The Amazing Spider-Man number 800 by Dan Slott, Stuart Eminen, um, Umberto Ramos, uh, and uh, let's see, Giuseppe Comincoli. Right? Oh, and Marcos Martin. Mm-hmm. Jeez, a lot of artists. Uh, but this is the conclusion of Go Down Swinging, where it's all or nothing for Spider-Man. Spider-Man is going to take down the Red Goblin, and this is all action. This story was just all action. Yeah. All the 80, so 80 pages. 80 pages, one story. Single story, no, nonstop no action. The only issue ads. with, well, I, I have a couple things, but the only issue is it's a Nine ninety nine book, right? Yeah. For, I mean, it's eighty pages, but it's nine ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. You could spend that on a graphic novel and get. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, this twice is I, the yeah. amount, right? But I, I think like um, comic wise, like what three ninety nine comics are twenty two pages, right? Around there. Yeah, roughly. So 
it, it it comes out to maybe not a savings, but it's like more content than two comics, and probably like around the same price or so. I think what made me really kind of be okay with the price point was, was the just how much, yeah, the quality yeah. of the story, just how much it delivered, yeah, in in that space. I mean, I, 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 I thought this book was fantastic. I, I had uh, um, messaged out on Instagram earlier in the week yep. that it was the best book of the week, and that's with Man of Steel coming out. That's with Doomsday Clock number five coming oh. out, which was that was so, it was a fantastic book. That's pretty good. Two yeah, favorite things this week, and Doomsday was one of them. <laughs> The only thing I wish I, I can't wait for issue six because the last page of Doomsday Clock, you know, you have basically I don't want to spend too much time on this because we're reviewing Spider Man, <laughs> yeah. but you have the mime and the marionette meet the Joker on a rooftop, and so I, hopefully the next issue picks and up Batman there. And got beat up, and, yeah. Um. So, uh, but Anyways, you know, for that book, as good as as good as you know. Um, the other books that came out this week were uh, my favorite was was this book, and I think um, Dan Slot definitely went down swinging. Uh, there was a lot going on in this. We had you know the death of a major character. That is one of the things that actually um, just ooh, that one hurt. Yeah, that one hurt. I'm I'm a li- I'm it's still a little angry about that, it. But did you like? Okay, when they had the funeral. You know, did you like the you know the the context of the dialogue with the, the, the with Pete and yeah yes it was very emotional and heartbreaking and yeah. I j- I have grown to love that character I really have um, ever since Rick Remender was doing that <laughs> yeah, whole yeah. thing well and <laughs> okay. People can surmise, can, like, whatever. Can that can go anywhere, whatever. The they should definitely read the book. Yeah. We I don't want to say it straight out. Right. Because it shocked me to the point where I actually, you know, said an expletive out loud. Yes, he did. Right. In front of it, because I was trying to finish up the book before the podcast started. Um, I was not expecting that. I did not actually expect him to die. Yeah. And in air quotes, comic death, you know, because they could undo it. Right. The next issue. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I, that I really loved is like uh, Dan Slott shows us how big of a Spider-Man nerd he is by uh, having Peter say, uh, oh, he's so cool, this guy, he knew a waltz from a cha-cha. And that's a reference to Amazing Fantasy 15 where uh, the dude is saying like, oh, that puny Parker, he wouldn't know a waltz from a cha-cha. And it's just like this 60s thing. It's so funny and like very... That's uh, awesome. It's kind of... Um, uh, what's the word? This like th- this issue from front to back paid homage to Spider-Man's entire history, right? Um, whether it was the the J. Jonah Jameson Spider Slayer, <laughs> right? Coming in, you know, that was so or, early in the book that I didn't even remember that. Or the the Goblin references, you know, yeah. throughout um, Norman talking about, you know. You know, I, I've got a thing for blonde, you know, blondes in high places or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but they they reference so much of of Spider Man's history in this book. The one thing the one thing I do want to spoil about this book because it might encourage people to come out and pick it up. But but 
what really made me happy reading this was when Pete rebonded with, with the, the Venom symbiote oh, yeah, as, in order to to have you know what it takes to go toe to toe with the Red Goblin. Right. And so it's the first time in in like twenty five years that Pete and the symbiote had been together. Yeah. And that was cool. Yeah, I do I do like that the fact that they and, bonded. Um go ahead. I just didn't like the Umberto Ramos art. Oh, you yeah, I was just I about to say I love the freaking Umberto Ramos <laughs> uh, art. I didn't love it. For that page. Loved it. It, it uh, like no, I get it. Like um, some people might love that. This was my favorite section. <laughs> uh, I I felt like it was too not a uh, polygonal, but it was like uh, too much abstract shapes to things, mm. uh, specifically like heads and stuff like that. I love and it. His eyes. Uh, I loved how the eyes like were going off the mask. I was <laughs> right. like, that's just cool. No, I get that. That's like an artistic style, um, and and that could work. It's just you know not my. I think his Aunt May that, is so pretty. Right. Yeah, his Aunt May is really pretty. Oh, his but Aunt his really Aunt May good. and his MJ. I mm-hmm. love Humberto Ramos's MJ. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, his art detracts from the story because it's it's amazing. Johnny, you're crazy, bro. You're absolutely his, his, crazy his at times. Yes, it's awesome. <laughs> well, tell me like that's he has a, he Roger. Has a what do you think of this whole? Like, I loved it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's fine. Like, I'm not saying it's horrible. I'm just I saying- knew you were gonna like that section, <laughs> and the whole time I was looking at it, I was like, "I love this section." Johnny's gonna freaking hate it. I don't hate it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> For me, I did. I love his art, and I love all you that. Like but Ramos? I don't know what it was about. Oh yeah, I love it. Okay. I, I love that art. I love the Amazing Spider-Man he was on, and all that. But there was something about when he first bonded with Venom symbiote, and that being the first one we saw. I don't know why it just. Mm. I just, I think. Well, you and Johnny probably don't like raisins and cookies either. No, I, I love, love raisins. raisins and cookies. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite references. <laughs> it's like that was a great scene. That was oh yeah, that was a great line. Yeah. Yeah. I laughed out loud so many yeah. times. You deserve to die. You put raisins and cookies. You deserve oh, to die. Man. So oh, yeah, the other great. thing that happened. I mean, in, in case you guys don't know what's been going on with Spider-Man. Um, Norman Osborn, Green Goblin, bonded with the Carnage symbiote, which made him just ridiculous. Uh, none of the weaknesses of either, all of the strengths of the both magnified. Which, because comics. And, yeah. <laughs> Why not? And in the last issue, Norman decided to keep not, not only his business, but his, you know, uh, goblin right. stuff all in the family, and he infects his grandson, Normie. Osborne with the Carnage symbiote. So you got this little kid running around, this little, you know, seven year old or eight year old red goblin. The way that image drew him. uh, Yeah. That's terrifying. Um, That is terrifying. terrifying. So uh, there's nothing creepier than children. Yeah. Norman sends evil children. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like horror children. Oh, terrifying. Yeah. He gets gets sent off after Aunt May. Um, Red Goblin goes after. MJ and you've got you got all this stuff happening on multiple fronts and the the scene with with Normie and MJ and uh sorry Aunt May is is just nuts. It's it's awesome. it's funny and Oh, it's good. Yeah. Um yeah, uh this was so I didn't put it in the news but uh Stuart Eminem was said to retire after this. Uh, he later uh, went on and said that he's not fully retiring. He's just not going to have any projects for a long while after this. 
So um, it, it's sad day. Yeah, it's but it's great that he went out on an awesome issue like this. Yeah, and a lot of artists said like, "Hey, it's yeah. it's something." That being in that industry, that you can actually say, "I'm going to retire." Most artists, artist. most artists, they, were, they work until they die. Yeah, most right. artists were like, "We, we can do that." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. So yeah, Stuart Eminem is a beast. I loved uh, J. J. Ona Jameson in this book. Just like everything he was going through was fantastic. He had, and I he mean, had he had a heck of a story lines. arc through this oh, book. Did. Yeah. And some of the lines he dropped were just so good. He, yeah. They still got his, like, snark in there, and it was so well-written. Yeah, sometimes, like, when people talk about, like, Dan Slott's Spider-Man, they're like, oh, you know, he just needs to move on and stuff. But then he comes out with a story arc like this where it's just like, dude, you still have it after, like, what, 10 years? More than that? Look, I mean, he did he did uh, Superior Spider-Man. Right. He did Spider-Verse. Now, uh, Go Down Swinging. I mean, he has three or four, I think, uh, of the top ten Spider-Man stories of all time. Yeah. Hey, Spider if he, Island. He, yeah, he also did Spider Island. Yeah. Hey, if he wants to, you know, pick up Spider-Gwen after they ended, I'd be fine with that. I think he's going to take a break from the Spider-Universe. Yeah. Spider yeah, no, hey, I'm, I'm just glad we got him on, Fantastic, on Fantastic Four. Four. Oh, that'll be nice. Yeah. That'll be really One nice. One of the things I had an issue with is in the Humbertos Ramos... Uh, the Humberto's Ramos section. The art? Mm -hmm. No. Uh, I'm just the, co <laughs> just the color of Flash Thompson's hair okay. is blonde when he's in the anti venom suit. Yeah. Where is it? Right here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Go to the end of the book. Redhead. And it's red. Huh. Little huh. inconsistencies like that. Yeah. So that's interesting. Oh, I didn't even notice that. So his honest. hair was red in like Amazing Fantasy 15, and this is what he looks like. I don't know if he dyed it or anything. But see, in a lot of the modern stuff, he's blonde. Yeah, I know. But like in like, like at the in, end in Agent Venom, I'm fairly certain he was blonde. Yeah, 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 I know. But I think like since they're referencing like everything, do you like, think it was? So you're saying it was intentional? I think it was intentional. Unintentional. He did the little spray can color stuff. Real quick it, before it he looks yes. really old. Okay, yeah. No, I get that, but I just why yeah. not just do the whole thing then? No, I get that. I I, I get why that would that bother you. Thought about adding it in, but I think like since they're, uh, I'll give well, it to you. We kind of already I'll give just it to spoiled you. it. It's just yeah. No, I get that. Little inconsistencies where I'm like, come on, guys. Um, do we want to spoil how Pete uh, defeats? The Red Goblin? Maybe we should we leave that. Buy the $10 book. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I thought that was actually a nice twist. I, I shouldn't say twist. Set people up. And just that page something. is so pretty. Oh, yeah. man. That page so is awesome. When what just is that? Standing head is that Kevin Coley? No, that's Eminem. Oh, right. Eminem's the final chapter. Man. Nice. That thing's Kevin awesome. Kevin Coley's the third chapter. Right. Oh. Dude, I would want that, well, like, as... I would say that... His the the key to to Pete uh, prevailing over Red Goblin was using Norman's ego against him. Yes, mm -hmm. because one of the things that bugged me was like at every turn, everything that Pete thought of, it was one of those things like oh, I already all thought of you. I'm so much smarter and faster and stronger. I've thought of everything. I'm gonna kick, keep kicking butt and taking names. Like at every corner, I was like. This is Spider-Man, guys. Come on. He's, he is kind of awesome at some stuff. Yes, you know, he's Pete, like, you know, the 
always down on his luck kind of thing. But the whole point is Spider-Man comes through and I'm like, where's that moment going to be? And then they give you that and you're like, oh, okay. So he takes butts and kick names. Well, yes. and that was, and that was, that Kicker was actually butts, really, uh, kind of touching moment between him and the Venom symbiote yeah. too, which was cool because when, uh, when initially when he's, when he's, Faced with the opportunity of bonding with the symbiote again, he's like, heck no, you know, and, and it, for mostly for, you know, well, he's, I mean, he says he hates that thing, you know, mm-hmm. and so for, you know, by the end, for him to actually be concerned about the symbiote, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it was a nice touch. I love this book. Right. It's five. It's five stars for me. Five stars. It took me all day to read, but it's a five. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't, that isn't a four and a half because it took me all freaking day to read. All right. <laughs> so that was, that was, it's, believe me, there's nothing really wrong with this. The, the things that knocked it down a half star are just nitpicky things. But th- that's well, and you me. and you had a problem with the death too, and I, I and because yeah, the character you love. So until he comes <laughs> yeah. back, it's you know that it's probably gonna hurt. So I, I understand. Yeah, because I freaking love that character now. Yeah. So i just yeah, yeah. So it was one of those. How could you do that on your last That's issue? Awesome. Yeah. Um, anyway. And he still has eight hundred one left, right? Oh, does he have eight hundred one? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. My and bad. I'm curious. I'm curious. I mean, this. Like, did you guys see the after credit scene or like whatever? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was just a nice it little, was like... weird. Yeah, like... like, superior. oh, hey, you stuck around, huh? Yeah. Well, so, I think But, like, was, who was that? I don't know. That had to have been Otto. No. No? No. It's a different guy. Well, unless... I'm but, see, I don't like, know what happened to I want to say Otto. that that was... Maybe it was. That was Otto. Because, oh. like, that's... That's the Superior Spider-Man suit. Right. I and know. that's in the reflection. I, I know. And he's thinking, wearing uh, the same color scheme as his outfit from so earlier. I think he did he something got to downloaded like, into yeah. Well, oh, actually, because he had a, he had that like full costume yeah. that you yeah. couldn't. Yo, and he huh. definitely had if a we're getting superior Spider Man back, ooh, I'd be so down. I'm into it. Let's do it. Maybe I love that. I don't know. Dude. That was a cool. It was a cool little after credit scene though too. Yeah. So anyway, All that's right. what I thought. Of. So or I thought it was. No, I th- actually, I think you guys are right. Yeah. Anyway, um, Next oh, up. this is where we're doing our lightning rounds now because, oh, you know, okay. nobody could ever read anything else. <laughs> All right, well. Speak for yourself, man. Yeah, let, Things let, of this week that were single issues, John. I read the something rules. this week, yeah. That's nah, all good. Every, all right. Everybody <laughs> loves a, a good lightning a, round anyway, too. Yeah, if you, um, if you don't have anything, you don't have to talk. Yeah, no. Th- this is, what, this is very true. Can you talk for a minute? Yeah, no. that's fine. It's just a minute. <laughs> just only give him okay. one minute, though. Don't let him take others. So, um, I got a I got a message uh, this week asking because last week I was talking about the sale that we're having, like sixty dollars a short box, hundred dollars a long box, and someone had asked me about how do I get a hold of one of those, and it, I don't think it was from this state. <laughs> and I I um, I hate to say, but. Um, uh, I you know it'd probably be a hundred dollars to ship that box, and I'm really not gonna do that. So, um, but for anybody locally who wants to take advantage of uh, 
of of our you know going through our back stock yeah that's going to be available for the foreseeable future um we moved a couple thousand comics last week and Ten, and nine, we'll keep doing eight, it until seven, until they're all gone six, five, um four, so yeah if you're local three, come get them two, <laughs> hook me one. up or i'll hook you up <laughs> right on the nick of time all right johnny go ahead ready all right, sweet. Uh, this week I let I read uh, Lumberjanes number fifty, which did come out uh, this week, uh, and For it, one time. Yes. Well, I've actually done it. Go, quite Johnny. A few. Don't anyway, waste your minute. So no this, uh, sorry, this is a celebration of well Lumberjanes, and it's just a ton of fun. It's an oversized issue. Uh, it is one dollar more, so it's four ninety nine. But it, this is everything that you love about Lumberjanes, and if anybody is. Uh, is keeping up with that. It, it's just a fantastic issue. Um, if you're not, it's a great book for uh, kids, teenagers. Uh, it's just a ton of fun. Lumberjanes number 50. And in so, 40 seconds. Only need 40 seconds, dog. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Go ahead, Kayla. Okay. Uh, this book I have not finished yet, but I've been reading uh, The Tea Dragon Society. It's a little kid book, like I say, like eight, nine years old and up. And it's just a cute little story like creature like people and like one girl finds these tea dragons and learns the art of tea dragonry which i haven't finished yet but it's really cute and adorable nominated uh, for eisner's yes okay by uh katie o'neill she also did another book i like princess princess ever after there. um wow you guys are like kicking butt um go so I read the entire uh, series of New uh, No Justice, the miniseries. Finished the last issue yesterday, um, or not yesterday? Was it Wednesday? It was whenever you, whenever I came in, Roger. Yeah. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. it. I think it's a great launching point for what's to come from Justice League. Um, it was it was four issues. Wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Like just action, cosmic, big kind of stuff. Um, Art mostly by Francis Manipole, so freaking fantastic mm-hmm. the entire time. I've uh, sold it this way to several people that it feels like a really uh, well-produced, uh, big-budget, slick television show, like on an HBO or an AMC or something like that with the way it's done. It's very has a very cinematic kind of uh, feel like that. And it's the stepping stone to the new Justice League, which is coming out next week, and I cannot wait for it. Sweet. Boom. I do like the dedication that they put at the end. Yes, too, was... because Manipole had a very rough year last year. Yeah. So they dedicated the last book to his uh, sister who was, his sister-in-law who was murdered, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. From there, oh, we got highlights. Highlights! So, uh, next week, the Marvel book we're going to be reviewing is, wasn't this supposed to come out like three months ago? Or is it just now? No, I think well, it was said. Okay. Which one? The Immortal Hulk, number one. Yeah. No, it's on. Is it on time? Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're reviewing the Immortal Hulk, number one. Um, we are reviewing Justice League, number one. Sweet. The new, the new run that I was just hyping from No Justice. Um, seriously, guys, read that little mini series to get you pumped. And then for indie, we are reading Isola, number three. Hmm. Do you have any info on that book, Roger? Because I don't even know what it's about. Nope. Oh, awesome. Gonna be one of those. I heard it's really good, but I don't know what it's about. Is it an image I've, book? Yeah. yeah. I've I've heard from everybody that it's great too. Yeah. So all right, I'm down. Um, and that'll do it in terms of uh, 
The single issues. What graphic novel are we reviewing next week? Mind management. Oh, that's right. Mind management. Volume Volume one. One. Oh my god. I'm kind of big, excited. hefty Matt Kent book. Yeah, For twenty dollars. If you guys want something that is just a fantastic series from start to finish, mind management. Yeah, it's great. Six volumes, right? Is or it, is it, or is it, it just seven? Six? Um, six hardcovers. Right. Yeah. I have all those. I know that for a fact. I only have two. Oh, Johnny. I know. Those are rookie numbers. I know. You got to get those numbers up. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I say that, he comes back next week with like a new box of comics. <laughs> Every time. He's like, I bought all these. Yeah. Jeez. It's never the ones I tell you to. No. It's just other oh, no. ones. <laughs> all right. Kayla. Yes. Tell us about the graphic novel. Reviewing. Right. We are reviewing Wonder Woman, The True Amazon by Jill Thompson. <laughs> so this book is kind of a OGN? reimagine of uh, Wonder Woman's uh, origin. origin story. So obviously Diana was one baby on an entire island. So this is kind of the take of what would happen if she got like really spoiled and you know raised by a whole bunch of moms who are like super in love with her so this is her growing up and then she gets to a point where she realizes oh there's somebody who does not love me and she gets super enamored with this uh uh Althea 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 and yeah so it's her kind of getting to a point where she can become Wonder Woman and I yeah I she like was in it she <laughs> She was an entitled, petulant little snot. Oh yeah, and I, that's a good I, way to put it. I was not prepared for for that version of Diana, and I thought it was fantastic. Right. They actually have. Um, they gave her Jill Thompson did, um, a wonderful story arc. Yeah. Think, you know, or you know, character evolution, um, that made a lot of sense for. For what gave um, uh, Diana her uh, drive, core principles, yeah. and yeah, yeah, moral compass. I do. I love her origin story. It's much more interesting than you know, like what Grant Morrison did in uh, Earth One. I think it's called. I haven't read that yet. So I list. think like Hercules just you know takes advantage of Hippolyta, and it's just like why. Um, but anyway, this this version of her origin is just beautiful and much more meaningful. Um, at least to me, it was um, because she's born out of her mother's love, you know. And um, I love this story a lot. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think that I was going to like uh, that Diana was a spoiled princess, <laughs> but in in a way, it made sense. And I do love the fact that. She started getting a little bit down to earth when, you know, she fell in love with Althea. Um, and I, I really love this story arc. Well, I think for, for anybody that's seen the movie, I'm pretty sure, you know, the way that Diana was, I mean, she was kind of, you know. A little a snotty. Little, uh, and a yeah. Couple, yeah. Like, uh, like one or two little scenes at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that they pulled from this book for that mm-hmm. um i mean she's she one wasn't, kid you know i mean she she was still thoroughly likable yeah you know there's a point in this book where where diana is a little unlikable yeah 
and and you're like yeah I, I, you know halfway through this story i'm like how in the world Does are they going to redeem woman? her character to the to, you know sufficiently enough that she becomes wonder woman mm-hmm. and and how they did that through the relationship with althea the one you know the one girl who was like you know uh saw through all of it and was was her going to be her friend to the end uh, she was like, "I'm not gonna pay as much attention to you." Like, yeah. and Diana's like giving and her all this like, love, and she's what? just like, "Okay, that's all right, I guess. I don't really yeah. care." But Diana's like, "Wait, why don't you care? Like, right. come on." And she gets Diana to actually do things like help with the horses and like put time into mm-hmm. actually like caring. She about shows things. her what right and yeah. what what work is and and effort and yeah, you know. I I do like the fact that it's laid out like a storybook. Um, even mm. the the art style is watercolored, like most um, uh, children's books. Um, the the captions read, you know, uh, kind of like a simple storybook. But there's so much uh, depth and character in uh, in this book that yeah. it's it's it can be fully enjoyed by anybody. Um, I, some I, good monster fights. Yeah, I I love. Uh, Jill Thompson's art in this book. Yeah, I mean you can tell because she wrote it, she uh, um, sketched it, painted it, uh, everything, and and it's 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 just, I mean it's really pretty to read. And you're right, it it feels like you're reading a you know a children's storybook. Yeah, yeah. I was having a little hard time with like when you said when she comes unlikable, it's kind of like well. This is Diana. I don't right, like right. not liking Diana. Right. So there were parts where I'm like, I don't. Do I like this book or not? Right. And like overall, I really do enjoy the story. I like the reimagining of it. And like, yeah. come on, that's very obviously something that could happen. But it's just kind of hard to see. I think for uh, since the get go, like for me, it uh, it already had me hooked. You know, obviously with her origin mm-hmm. story. Uh, <laughs> once we got to her being spoiled, since it read like a kids book, it kind of read very quickly. And I wasn't stuck with the bratty Diana for long. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's why I... En- it is a very fast read. Too. Right. Well, and much like children's books, there's a moral to the story. Right. That, yeah. that by the end of the book that you you definitely realize, you yeah. know. Yeah. That, I do love the, the, like, the sequences where she's hanging, uh, she's spending more time with Althea because, you know, she does, uh, like, obviously she wants to be with her. And a first... Of course, a, she's getting rejected at first. Right. Um, oh. <laughs> she tries so hard. Right. She tries so hard. It, it's like, yeah, it, it, she's, um, Diana's kind of playing the role of like, maybe not the stereotypical male, but like, the was like, oh, why won't you like me? Look at what I can do, you know, uh, in stories, especially in children's stories. Like, oh, I don't like you. I want someone that's kind and stuff like that well and it's very much it's very much like a kid too not mm-hmm. just yeah. not just a male but right for yeah. a kid like, yeah exactly i don't i don't understand why you don't this doesn't make sense <laughs> look at look at how awesome i <laughs> right. am yeah exactly why aren't you paying attention everybody to else me? thinks i'm awesome yeah and i think she's um you know she she wants her attention because she's the only one that won't give it to her um and i think through that she sees that Althea is very different from everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jonathan. I didn't get a chance to read it, Johnny. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, 
let's do better. So, so you, I mean, you can take that copy, keep keep it with you because you. It's you a very short read. read. It, it's yeah. fun. It'll well, be yeah, quick. I'm sure it is, but yeah, but so yeah. does Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I actually I actually think this was shorter read than Spider Man. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I read this quicker than Spider Man. No, I know. Um, <laughs> one thing I didn't like is the. Uh, the Should we spoil that? <sighs> okay. Well, I don't know. Should we? Do we want to spoil that? Have at it. Okay. Well, the the barrier gaze trope, um, where they don't allow for, uh, like these type of relationships to have a happy ending. Um, and I and I think like that's an oversight on Jill Thompson. I don't think she meant it like that, but it, it's something that. You know, came across to me like, ah, oh, come on! You did you really have to? You just went over my head. What? Yeah. So there's this trope in like Bury TV. Your gaze. Yeah, uh, in TV and movies, um, where most uh, either bisexual, uh, heterosexual, no, not heterosexual, bisexual, uh, lesbian, or gay characters, uh, they usually one half or both of them usually get killed off, uh, and they're not allowed a happy ending. It's pretty common. I- yeah. Yeah. It's very common. I think you're reading way too much into it. I mean, maybe it is common. Mm-hmm. I don't No, I think I I don't think that she meant it on like purpose or anything like that. Yeah. I think it's just like a, a an oversight like, "Oh, come on. I just wanted a happy ending for Althea at least." You know, and I think that uh I I know it's important to um move Wonder Woman's story along, but I felt like something else could have done it. Like, oh, Wonder Woman could have seen uh, how she was acting and it being wrong, and that could have moved her along. They didn't have to necessarily get rid of her, you know, love interest or whatever. And there's a little bit of a stereotypical way to get a superhero or someone's story started is to kill off a love interest, which gets a little old. But it could have been been a straight person, too. I mean, it... Yeah, and they... Yeah, but it is. A I mean, it happens in, in either. I mean, it's or tropes. Is that yeah. typically, if you care about someone, the loss of that person, be it through death or separation, whatever, is a powerful emotional response to it. Right, and I, I actually think you know, I, I, whether you're straight or gay, the loss of someone very you know dear to your heart. Yeah. It's going to have the same impact on you whether they're straight or gay. I mean, it doesn't... No, I know you that. Know? I'm just saying, like, this is more common of a trope than just having a loved one get killed. Mm. Very so. <laughs> you look at, let's say, Watchmen with the old Minutemen, uh, you know, um, characters. Like, those two got caught in bed and, you know, they got killed. You can't really in in most media uh, in but most media. That was media, a sign of the times, also. Right, right. I know, but the like last in most year in January, it literally happened three times within one month on three different TV shows. Jeez, <laughs> right, yeah. So like in most media, that's what you see is like um, gay lesbian relationships are not allowed to be happy, and that's just like I, I know like uh, losing someone is is very um, powerful, but um, in Losing someone, uh, potentially a, a love interest like this, is a more common trope than just... Do you ever watch Grey's Anatomy? No. Nobody has a happy ending on that <laughs> show, okay? <laughs> and I mean, look, this is, this is my thing. I, I think I, I don't, uh, don't want to 
delegitimize mm-hmm. anybody's ar- argument for that, you know, because I'm, you know, being uh, a, a, a straight male. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, it's certainly possible that I'm just locked into a particular point of view that I can't relate to a different point of view. Okay. So, I mean, there's that. Yeah. But I think, look, I watch TV, I read stories, and there's relationships that just don't have happy endings everywhere. No, I get whether that. you're whether you're whether they're straight characters or gay characters and I don't know whether I don't I don't I don't know if you're being hypersensitive or I'm being numb. Mm-hmm. You know, or or I've got my head stuck in the sand. But I just think I, I think it's uh, you know, for me it's it's life. I mean, you have you you live life, you have you have you have joy, you have heartache. You have everything in between. Um, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, and like, I get that there's loss everywhere. It's just, um, you know, as like I guess someone uh, as someone a part of the LGBTQ community, like they see it more often. You know. We see it more often. Well, it's one of two things: either you see it more often, or you're hypersensitive to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, I don't know. I would love to see, you know, if Harvard did a study on the 432,000 relationships I can get you in the TVs. Statistics. And, I, they're out there. I've okay. actually read a few articles on it. And Look, I'm not <laughs> saying that this like ruined the book from because obviously oh, no. it did not. Um, I'm just saying like maybe there could have been a better way to uh, resolve the story. Um, and I think, like, yeah, I, maybe I'm not uh, I'm not seeing it more often. Maybe I am just a little bit more sensitive to it because I know what to look for, I guess. Mm. You know? Like, yeah. um, maybe... All right, so, this tangent's gone on a little long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit. I was going to say, yeah. it's sad yeah. to see, but that doesn't detract interesting from how discussion. good this book is. Uh, yeah, interesting yeah. discussion. And, I, yeah, and I don't want it to overshadow oh, the... It's an amazing book. The, yeah, overall. The story, because for me, for me, it was... Five stars. Yeah. I loved it. And I, halfway through, I I was like, I, you know, I was wondering whether or not it was going to get above three. And then how she brought it together, mm-hmm. everything with the art, her storytelling style. Um, I really like the, the presentation of the book. I mean, I just I loved it. So five stars for me. Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, will enjoy uh, reading this, even, you know, with their younger ones. There's I think there's like one foul word in there, um, but like. Nothing people haven't seen. Yeah. Um, it's a five star book. It's amazing. Yeah. I would five rec- stars. I would sure. recommend it. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You should read it, Jonathan. Let's uh Yes, you should. <laughs> when you have time. <laughs> well, add it to the stack. I think it took me like twenty minutes to read. Yeah, this one's a quick one. Good to know. <laughs> Trivia. Okay. Ready? Hey, so yes. Um Winners from last week uh, for the the question was first appearance of Black Panther. Yes. Uh, Fantastic Four, world's 52. greatest comic magazine mm-hmm. coming soon to a comic shop near you. Yeah. You're very Issue excited for that. 52. <laughs> I'm, dude, I'm so excited. Yeah. It's been like three years. I know. And we get Dan Slott, yeah. who I, I have a great deal of respect for. So, um, yeah. So, anyway. Um, you guys got to step up your game. We get like eight or nine people. We need more people. Seriously. Mm-hmm. More people to answer. Yeah. But anyway, uh, winner of the comics, David Rivas. Woo-woo. Congratulations. 
and uh, winner of the trade, Christian DePaz. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Like so. eight out of like f- half of the, the the eight or nine entries is usually the DePaz claim <laughs> anyway. Well, they're they're they were twenty five percent this week if you count both of them. Yeah. <laughs> so. One in four chances to win. That's pretty good odds. Yeah, seriously. You guys should uh, send in your answers. It's literally uh, Clay sent in a picture of his Google search, and that got him entered. Yeah. <laughs> it got, right. It got a chuckle yeah. and, an, and an entry. Yeah. So I don't know. Do that. Awesome. Anyway. All right. So, yeah, Ask congrats to the winners and trivia for you guys. Uh-oh. This is I, – I got a little chuckle doing this trivia. So um, again, I went with I went with a little trivia from from everything that we did. Um, Green Goblin, first appearance, go. Amazing Spider-Man number thirteen. No. Twelve. No. Dang. Fourteen. Nine. Yes. There it is. Fourteen. Created <laughs> by um, Dan Lee and Steve Ditko. Correct. Correct on both. Okay. Uh, for uh, first appearance of Vampironica. Vampironica number one. Uh, no. Veronica and Betty, like 281? 261. <laughs> oh, yeah. How do you know that? And this is actually... Because I was so dressed as Vampirella, if, right? If, yeah. Uh, well... I know things sometimes. Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to go back. I, I would have to go back and and read those. The only reason I know Betty, Betty and Veronica 261 is it's like it's... It's like going for over $100 on eBay now. What? So if Weird. any of you guys were getting Betty and Veronica in the last couple of years, go like back Veronica and dig those out. Um, Same. Wait. A couple of months ago, you literally said the opposite thing, that you wanted Betty instead of Veronica. No, I personally like Veronica more mm, than Betty. Okay. I think Betty for Archie, yes. Oh, right, oh, right. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like Ronnie, but if, too. But if I was, yeah, if I was in comic I'm going I'm to go like, back and listen. Like, I would... <laughs> Dude, I like brunettes. But there was, yeah, because there was this thing in Betty and Veronica. I mean, it was actually, and I think that that was the first appearance of the vampire Veronica character. But in in the in the afterlife with Archie storyline, the first time Vampironica was coined was in that was that series Afterlife mm-hmm. with Archie, because I think Veronica dressed up as Vampirella. Yeah, that's the one I was for Halloween. Of. Yeah. Which is kind of hot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so there it is. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So moving on. Um, what is the symbol for Krypton? What the symbol for Krypton in the Kryptonite uh, in the Kryptonian language, like with all the triangles and stuff, and like the the weird. No, I'm going for a little easier than that. What's the symbol for Krypton? Symbol for Krypton, the planet. Yeah, the it's a. Do you know it's a noble gas that's colorless oh, and odorless? Helium. I just, I've seen it, but I don't remember which one it is. Are you talking about just like the is letters? Is it not helium? <laughs> yeah. Just K- like KR. K- right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's its atomic number? Oh, geez. No, it's so awesome, Johnny. God. Its atomic number? 27. 37. Close. Very close. 36. 32. Dang it. Oh, 36. I knew it was one because I've seen it. Like I had to like sit there and like go back. I wouldn't remember Sorry. that. It was discovered in 1898 by Sir William Ramsey. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten that. I was like, what? You don't know I, that one? I thought that was funny. 
I I was going to go with Krypton trivia, and the first thing was all this chemical stuff. I was like, let's do that. Let's do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh John would be like, I know everything about Krypton. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Just, the Far from. That was, that was precious. <laughs> you, you mean with the lines and the. Yeah. The Okay. Like there's a Kryptonian language. You know what I'm talking about. You want me to use like you want me to draw it? I can draw it. Yeah, like I can draw it out. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) That's so funny. Okay. So for the listener question this week, uh, you've got really a a special set of comics and a really good uh excellent graphic novel to 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 win. So send in your response to this. And look, guys, I can't make it any easy any easier. What what tool does Wonder Woman use to compel others to speak the truth? Oh, so hard. I know. And if, if, if you Google it, I'll laugh. Oh anyway, so if you know Google the answer to this question, send your response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. Win some great stuff. Have fun with us. Yeah. We can't make it any easier to get free stuff, guys. So, um, if you're liking what you're hearing, please rate, review, subscribe, like, and share. Uh, we didn't get any new reviews, at least that we know of, because remember, anybody that listens to the show outside of the U.S., please let it, send us an email to check your region's iTunes so that we can give you some proper thanks. Um, for those of you that want to go above and beyond, go to patreon.com slash allstarcomicspodcast. You can get on for as little as a dollar, which I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Gets you the the show the night that it drops, which will be a little bit late tonight just because we started late. I did the same thing earlier. A little pop socket button. Um, And uh, $3 gets you the special episode drops, the multiple episode drops of Multiversity University. That's what we should do each week is have like a pop socket in the middle. Yeah. Um, And... uh, that will uh, that'll three dollars will get you that uh, with with Larry. If you want to be a cheapskate and just wait for the the single episode each week with you know Larry, which is great also, but you know it's also great having the entire like lesson plan essentially that he does just go through all the way down. Did you just get a shiver? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that was a little <laughs> obvious. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, obviously, guys, if you want to keep up with everything at the shop, please uh, follow. At Horizon Comics on Twitter and Instagram. Like Horizon Comics on Facebook. Spread the word. If you want to keep up with everything, Kayla. You can follow me at Kayla Danvers on Instagram and Twitter. And it's a classic pod. You can check out mine and my friend's podcast. It's a classic. What's that entail? Oh, we we uh, watch and review classic movies. And we're doing... How classic? We're doing 2001 A Space Odyssey oh, okay. this Sunday. That's pretty freaking classic. Okay. Johnny, uh, you can follow me everywhere at the Johnny Two X Four, and you can follow mine and Kayla's uh, podcast. We love you, where we uh, read and discuss a young, discuss about a young adult novel. Um, yeah, Matt, audio and video game needs. I am at Saint Jonathan on the Twitter and the Instagram. Happy National Donut Day Woo-hoo. for those of you listening. Happy late. <laughs> National Donut Day. Go get a donut. Go anyway. get a donut. Johnny, eat the rest of these. I will. Um, guys, have a great week. We will see you next time. Thanks, guys. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Multiversity University. I am your host, Larry Douglas. Now, one of the things I've mentioned several times in the past is that 
the atomic age is marked by the decline in popularity and uh, the near extinction of the superhero from the comic books. And so one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, tonight is how that happened and why that happened. Now, of course, whenever you start talking about why, uh, that means we're getting into a little bit of speculation. So uh, a lot of this is going to be definitely uh, my opinion as opposed to uh, just you know, cold, hard facts. Uh, but I think we have some good reasons for this opinion. These aren't just my opinions uh, as well. A lot of other people have um, echoed these, uh, these same things, or perhaps it'd be more accurate to say I'm echoing what they've had to say. Now, in 1946, the first year of the atomic age, if you were to look at the surface, you wouldn't really think that anything was wrong. Comic books seemed to be riding high. In fact, in 1946, um, there were 540 million comic books sold that year. And um, Captain Marvel, who had been the best-selling character in the Golden Age, was at his peak of popularity. Captain Marvel sold more in 1946 than any other year. So it would be hard to believe that um, anything was going to happen to these superheroes that seemed to be riding so high. But you have to remember that Captain Marvel was an extremely popular superhero, so he wasn't declining so much in sales yet, nor were Superman, Batman, or Wonder Woman, the other more popular characters. But some of the other characters, even really popular ones like Captain America, were beginning to suffer. Uh, now, the thing is that the drop in sales of superhero comics really had its roots back in the Golden Age, believe it or not, in 1942. Uh, what happened in 1942 is that it seemed like the uh, that comic book sales began to divide up between kids who were buying comics and adults who were buying comics. The superheroes have been riding high uh, since 1939. Obviously, the first superhero was in 1938, but it was in 39 that we, they began to proliferate. Um, but in 1942, what began to happen is that the adults who were reading comics continued to flock to the superheroes, but the kids began to gradually go to different types of characters, uh, particularly um, the uh, characters that were more humorous, and uh, and so they began to go away from the superhero comics a little bit. And that particular trend would uh, continue throughout the Golden Age. And as I mentioned last time, by 1945, the teen humor and the Disney comics would actually be outselling uh, some of the superheroes. Um, now, one of the things that probably uh, contributed to that is that the superheroes were actually beginning to become a little bit stale. You have to remember that stories were written very differently in the Golden Age from the way they are today. Um, all of the stories were essentially self-contained in one issue. They're what we would call one-shots. And so every issue had a brand new story. And after a while, it seemed like the writers began running out of ideas. It seems like, you know, every issue of Captain America was, well, Captain America just fighting the next villain who was a lot like the last one. So the stories seemed to be coming kind of formulaic. And so uh, people began to perhaps not be quite as interested in them. Um, however, because of the war that was going on and uh, the fact that so many of these superheroes were involved in the war effort in the comic books, um, that kept people interested in them. 
But after the war, um, it seemed like that's when it really began setting into people that uh, these stories all were seeming to be kind of the same. And uh, and people were kind of expressing the fact that they were tired of the fighting. And so they were glad that the fighting in the world was over and they just weren't as interested in seeing it in the comic books either. And so they began to turn away from the superhero comics, which basically featured that sort of thing. And then the other thing was that the adults who were buying those superhero comics, in a lot of cases, these were uh, young people, especially young men who had been in the military. And now they were reaching a point in their lives where they were out of the service. They were beginning to get married, to have families, to have jobs. And just didn't really have the time for uh, comic books anymore. And so the main demographic for the superheroes began to go out of buying comic books. Um, Another thing, too, that seemed to happen uh, that affected comic book sales was the dropping of the atom bombs that uh, at the end of World War II. Because you have to remember, superheroes in the Golden Age weren't nearly as powerful as a lot of the superheroes are today. And yet that atom bomb sure looked really powerful to a lot of people. And that kind of power in human hands really created a lot of tension and began to get people more interested in science fiction and things having to do with radiation than in the superheroes themselves. So um, so the superheroes do begin to decline, and uh, they decline so much that by uh, 1950, Captain America gets canceled. And the thing about Captain America is that not only was he one of the more popular characters of the Golden Age, but by 1950, he was the only character that Timely was still publishing. So when Captain America was canceled in 1950, Timely ceased to exist as well. Um, Captain Marvel would be canceled by 1953. Now, he was mainly canceled because of the lawsuit from DC, which it looked like DC was finally going to win. Um, However, the reason that that, uh, Fawcett was willing to go ahead and and end up canceling Captain Marvel was because the sales had gone way down anyway and really wasn't being that profitable. He was a another victim of the decline in superhero popularity. Um, of course, one of the other things that might have contributed to the decline as well is around that time, around 1950, you begin to get other competition for uh, people's entertainment time. Uh, During the golden age, people could go to movies, they could listen to the radio, or they could read, and one of the things they liked to read was comic books. But of course, now in the late 40s and early 50s, we're beginning to get TV coming into play, and uh, that's going to end up taking up a lot more of people's time. So the superheroes for a lot of different reasons, do end up declining to the point where they almost cease to exist. Um, As I've mentioned before, just three superheroes remain, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And uh, comics will continue, but the ones that are going to be selling are, as we said before, the science fiction, the horror, the crime, the teen humor, the romance, and the Western comics. And uh, so we're going to have a very, very different looking comic book industry from what we had 
just a couple of years before that at the end of 1945. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you will join us as we continue on our journey through the atomic age.